0: celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: Okay, you're going to love today's show. Grab your pets, gather around the radio. Uh, And when we're talking about your pets, we're talking about any kind of pets. It could be your alligator or your flamingo, your kitty, your puppy, or your goat. Your goats will love today's show we're having back on Leanne Loricella. She is the uh, goat mama.
2: Goat mama, huh? Well, but I, you call her that for real.
1: I, I do. What's well, I I, yeah. I called her goat lady at first, and then I realized, no, it's she's not goat lady. That's a completely different thing. She's goat mama. She's the one that uh, took the picture of her goat, Polly, dressed up in a duck costume.
3: I saw That's that. That's right. Yeah. Yes.
1: Also on today's show, the big deal, CBDs. CBDs, you've seen these CBD supplements, maybe you've even been pitched one of these CBD supplements for your yourself or your animal, it's supposed to help them with pain or uh, reduce inflammation. We're going to get down to the bottom of this today, okay? So,
3: what does CBD stand for, Hal?
1: Can, nah, no.
3: Is Dr. Debbie in here yet? <laughs> I do stump you. As soon as
1: Dr. Debbie gets in here, I'll uh, find out what it is.
3: Cannabidiol.
1: Cannabidiol.
3: Cannabidiol.
1: Cannabidiol. Yes
3: very good judy well, very, i remember yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay uh see we don't need dr debbie in here where is she anyway she should be in <laughs> here by now did you tell her the show started anyway oh good she's on her way in so we'll be going to the phones for your calls anyway goat mama will be on the show today before it ends
2: that name just sounds weird to me i'm goat sorry mama yeah
1: <laughs> what are you working if on you over... called me
2: goat mama i think I would be you upset, would slap me but... <laughs> if
1: i did that uh yeah. what are you working on over there
2: in the newsroom today well, you know, we spend so much time with social media these days and selfies and everything. So what does that say about us as people, as as pet parents, when we always have our pets in selfies with us? Oh. And there's a new survey that tells us, how many of us have our pets as our main, like, our feature photo on our devices? Oh, guilty. Yep, guilty. I yep.
1: know. You're probably looking down at your radio going, hey, how did they know that? <laughs> hey, Ronnie, how are you?
4: Oh, hanging in there, man. How are you doing? Oh, splitting
1: atoms over here. You want to talk to the doc?
4: Yeah, if I could. I got a problem with a cat.
5: All right. What do you got going on there?
4: Last summer, I got this great big bay window. I lived down in North Carolina. Down near the beach, and we got some animals, snakes, uh, stuff like this. Uh, that are around the house. I built this two foot wide ledge along the bay window for the cat. And it's sort of nice out. Cat'll sit there and sleep. Well, I had this snake that came up to the window. The cat opened its eyes, didn't backflip, oh,
5: no. and then went
4: ballistic on <laughs> it. On me and try going through the window to get the snake. Oh dear. And then I got some squirrels in the front yard that they've always been there. Cats never really bothered. And she sees them and everything else, but now it's like a, a running battle. Uh, she sees them squirrels, she'll try and go right straight through the window to get them.
5: Holy cow. And so she didn't do this before? Is only when she had more visual access with the bay window?
4: Uh, She never did it before, and it's just since that snake reached his head up and looked in to see what was there, and she opened up her eyes and, wow.
5: Oh, yeah. That would make me do a backflip. So when she goes crazy, um, what does she do? She tries to get out the window? Does she ever, like, turn on you and become aggressive to you?
4: Well, she haunches her, and a cat haunch like a scared cat, and hisses like something fierce, and, mm-hmm. and just tries swatting the window like she wants okay. to go through it.
5: Okay. Well, and you know what? What you're seeing is is not an abnormal behavior she she's displaying some predatory behavior whether it could be even combined with some you know territorial concerns that she has so a lot of times and i have to commend you ronnie you're doing a good thing a lot of people you know these um, bay windows the little window seats you can put in for cats they do help to improve the kind of their indoor enrichment so it gives them more to do to watch the problem can't we can encounter with some cats is that if they don't just sit there passively and say oh this is cool, I enjoy watching like a tennis game and watching the critters go back and forth. That it heightens up, um, to a higher level and they become more anxiety ridden with this. And I think for you, that's what you need to decide. If for you this is a problem and if you feel that it is unhealthy in the way your cat's behaving, because I can tell you how to fix it, but if you don't think it's really a problem, then my recommendations you may not want to follow through on. Because the number one thing that we would do is actually to block access to these areas because the more that she see these, sees these creatures, it further stimulates her to react in that same way. So we need to just kind of quiet things down and block her access to that. And that may be something as simple as closing doors, blinds. Um, sometimes I'll put down scat mats or even just double-sided t- sticky tape so you know the kitty doesn't want to go in that area. But that's really going to be the first part of things. And um, from there, it depends whether or not we have more problems. So say she was getting so worked up that she actually kind of bites you, or if you try to remove her from the area, she uh, turns towards you in an aggressive m- m- uh, means. That can happen, and that can escalate for a cat that's just kind of freaked out and anxious by seeing these little predatory critters outside. Um, that can get worse so you can decide if you want to make steps to curb this at this point and if so the focus is we just need to get her away from that stimulation and um, access blocking is going to be the first thing the other things that I'll look at are going to be kind of anxiety um, medications and therapies that we can try but again um, you, you tell me Ronnie is, is this a problem that you want to stop how she's behaving or, or is it kind of fun and entertaining when she's doing this
4: well I'm thinking about setting up a videotape and videotaping it and see if I can't win a million dollars off her annex. (laughs)
5: <laughs> well then you can just answer that right because you're thinking this is funny and it, it, it certainly it sounds you know interesting and funny but you know my concern is that if this goes up a notch in her anxiety level that it could be an unhealthy um, pastime for her and I think that's what you really got to decide if you want to pursue that um, but she is not the typical cat so most cats will sit there and just kind of watch this and uh, she's a little bit more um, I don't want to say hyper but a little bit more reactive to the pressure predatory stimulation. So you can try doing other things to give her some redirection for this behavior. Some of the toys where you can, you know, the little interactive toys where the cat chases the ball around the track or the laser light toys, all of those things are great ways to give her an outlet for predatory behaviors and not have that window become the site where we're going to have that display itself. Um, Well,
4: what she does do uh, is she chases my 75 pound male
5: collie around the house. I <laughs> uh, well,
4: that's they play tag.
5: You know, and if it's all in good fun and nobody's hurt in the process, then then that's fine. Dogs and cats can play play nicely. Um, but really, I think you have to look at the tone of her mental state, really watch her body language. And if she is anxious and freaked out by this and it's not a, a fun pastime, then I would encourage you to, to make those steps and try to stop that.
4: Yeah, because the snake the snake was about eight foot long. I looked at it. Yikes. The head of the snake is almost as big as hers when it looked Ugh. up into the window. And I can imagine it probably freaked me out, too, if I opened up my eyes and I see a snake tongue through the glass at me. And I think yeah. it would probably freak me out a little, too.
5: Holy cow, yes. Absolutely. And you got to be thankful that your cat is safe and sound indoors and not uh, face-to-face with that, that snake. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I, 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 it's a snake that is on my property. It takes care of all the poisonous snakes. It's a black snake.
5: Okay. All right. And I live in an area where there's a lot of water. I get a lot
4: of cotton mouths, copperheads, a lot of poisonous snakes, but this black snake chases them off. all. Right. So I keep it around the house. It's just the first time that she's seen it.
5: Yeah, well, and and obviously it's going to leave an impression because negative experiences do leave a stronger memory for animals than all the good stuff. So you know it takes a longer time to extinguish the way that she's going to respond to that that sight of a snake or a, you know even a squirrel or whatever it might be that she's thinking that's going to be um, a danger to her raccoons whatever it might be. So if you're not real hip on changing this, you know like I said, you know y- you're in control of this and you know we can look at doing some things um, kind of holistically like uh, uh, scent pheromones that can help to calm her down, but really you're going to need to um, control that environment. Thanks for your your call, Ronnie.
1: I appreciate it. Now, Laura, you had a question for Dr. Debbie about feeding your pets organ meat, liver in particular, right?
2: The dog chef, Kevin Matthews, was saying, uh, he said a couple of times about how uh, liver, which is an organ meat, might cause other things in dogs, but he never elaborated on that. And in humans, I know it can cause gout and other things that rich organ meats can. What is the effect of, of an organ meat when you feed it excessively to a dog?
5: Well, there's a couple concerns. Um, some are similar to people. Some are a little different. And in animals, it's very, um, dense in vitamin A. And that can actually, you can um, cause a toxicity by feeding too much vitamin A. So that's one of the reasons that it's not a, um, you know, a a primary meat source that we use on a daily basis. The other thing is it's also high in cholesterol. And that's one reason for people that um, it's Uh really an organ meat like that is really not um, something we would um, want people to eat on a regular basis. um, for me, I have kind of the ooh factor. I used to love liver as a kid because I like to touch it. In the grocery store, I like to stick my finger in it. It felt so cool, I thought. Um, but... It also Only processes you. waste. I, okay, so yes, <laughs> I'm telling you way too much about my weird childhood. Um, but, but it processed waste, so it basically you know detoxifies the body. So um, you know, there's also some folks that have concerns about that. Sure. Well, if you're
1: eating something that detoxified another body, doesn't that just put the toxins into your body?
5: Well, that would be the concern, and that gets all to food handling and, and food safety. But I'd say for animals, it's really um, you know one of the vitamin A concerns is the biggest.
1: Well, you lucky dog, don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes, helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, and everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's
1: Animal Radio. This is your lucky day. We are just moments away from talking to Leanne Lorisella, the goat mama. She's uh, no stranger to Animal Radio. So grab your goat and get around the radio. Your goats will love this too. It's all about the goats. You know, we have some goats right down the street from us. They're hired goats. I don't know if they're union or not, but they've been brought in to reduce the weed control. Weed control, is that it? Yes. I thought it was so that there wouldn't be Fires. fires
3: yeah mhm- well, they're around the park. I don't think there's gonna be fires over there. I think they'd be surprised, they, well, maybe, but I thought it was for weed control, and yes, I did see them this morning, and a dog I was walking is just it just stops and its eyes get real huge. It's never seen a goat before. <laughs> it
2: doesn't know it they, it thinks it's, it's a funny looking dog
3: it just stops and stares. Uh,
2: my dogs are so nosy they they would I would be stuck there all day with them because they would be staring forever,
8: yeah.
1: Well, I've learned to love goats since meeting Leanne. She is just all about the goats, and she has cute... She's like an Instagram feed. This is like the only social media that I will do. I will go through her Instagram feed. (laughs) That and Esther the Wonder Pig, both of those. Oh, there you go, yes. Lori, what are you working on for this hour?
2: Well, you know, there um earlier this month we passed in Florida the amendment thirteen which bans Greyhound racing in the state. Yay. But there are, if you didn't know this, on both sides of, you know, animal lovers on both sides, some are celebrating and some are crying about this. Really? And so we'll let's yeah, we'll tell you why.
1: Oh, okay. I cannot wait to hear. I would think all uh, yeah, animal lovers would love that. Would but we'll love it. we'll find out why not. In just a few minutes. That's about ten minutes away in fact, and your call is in between now and then. Let's go to Steve. Hey, Steve, how are you doing?
9: Pretty good. Uh, my uh, little one just had uh, about with, I guess, what they call colitis or whatever, you know, the little uh, blood in the stool mucus and all that. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, it's frightening. <laughs> sure. So, yeah. It's worse, so, it's worse so. for me than it is for him, you know. They gave him the, uh, I guess, the what the classic medication is, the uh, meta. Uh, the flagel or flagel or whatever it is, the meta...
5: Okay. Mm-hmm.
9: What do they call that? Meta something?
5: Metronidazole. Yes, ma'am. Okay, uh,
9: you got so it. After, after that's over, you know, the, and everything is uh, firmed up now and everything that comes in is, uh, is going out, um, a couple of people have said I should give them a probiotic or something to reestablish what that may have, have uh, killed, in other words. That's an antibiotic, correct?
5: Metronidazole is, in fact, an antibiotic, yes. So um, so you're, is this his only bout of uh, diarrhea and suspected colitis, or has he had uh, other he bouts has it? it?
9: He's had it maybe three times before. He's a little West Thailand boy, uh, okay. se- seven years old. And uh, it seems to be after he licks grass, you know, uh, where somebody has been or, or something like that, uh, I think that's just my ob- observation of when you know, how he, what might be upsetting the tummy, you
5: know? Okay. Well, colitis can be triggered by a lot of different things, and it isn't typically just something as simple as licking grass. A lot of times there's um, inflammatory problems that we can have. Dogs can have inflammatory bowel disease. Sometimes they can have parasites like whipworms. There's a whole category of stress-related colitis that we can get, sometimes um, with uh, psychological or physical stress. And there's even fiber responsive colitis. So there's a lot of different things that can cause this. Um, so I guess my first thing is if this is the only bout he's ever had, you know, I don't necessarily think you need to go on a long-term probiotic for some pets that are really struggling with a bout of digestive upset, whether it's colitis or, generalized vomiting, diarrhea. If it's deemed appropriate by the veterinarian, a lot of times we will use probiotics. And the idea is that we want to help to restore those good beneficial bacteria because there's always this like little battle that goes on in a animal's gut <laughs> and there's good bacteria and then there's bad bacteria. And if there's plenty of good bacteria, they're kind of taking up the seats in the theater, then those bad bacteria, the idea is they don't have as much opportunity to get established. So we're trying Trying to create that crowded theater environment in your dog's gut. So, a probiotic can help by doing that. Um, In many cases, for pets that are on antibiotics for a lot of various reasons, not just diarrhea, Um, we will use probiotics just to help to try to keep that good balance of bacteria in the gut. Um, So, that's often used during and after a course of an antibiotic. Perhaps, if this is, like you said, more than the first episode your doggy has had, then a good probiotic um, would be in line. And I think but everyone always asks me. Because-
3: I knew you were going to say that because
5: everybody does. And my my best recommendation is to go with a veterinary-produced uh, probiotic. Um, a, a lot of uh, research still needs to be done into what is the best probiotic, and there is not a standard agreement in veterinary medicine Um, There's a lot of different um, cultures. You may find some that have lactobacillus, uh, bifidobacterium, enterococcus are all real common ones in different veterinary produced um, probiotics. But efficacy and stability is really a thing. So that's where I, I don't often recommend just going to buy a cheapo one that you'll find on the shelf because um, probiotics have to survive the gut. They have to survive a lot of acid environment in the stomach, get past the bile in the small intestine. Um, and uh, old probiotics or those that aren't uh, properly either refrigerated or freeze-dried, they're just not going to have viable live culture in there and that is really important
9: um, as a former but, medical student and, and I dropped out after uh, two years of biology but you know the rule is first do no harm and I think especially with him a lot of things that I would do with, with a person or, or two, the, the, the two-legged uh, members of the family you know I, I experiment with them but for some reason we're so cautious with that little boy <laughs>
5: A lot of people will take care of their pets (laughs) and they they put more thought into their, their pet's care than sometimes to their own. It's like, ah, I got a headache. No big deal. Got a cut, scratch.
9: (laughs) Yes. There's no doubt about that.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
10: Do you have a home that you don't want anymore? let you walk away from it. No listing, no waiting. Sell any home, any size, any condition now. Call the expert team at I need to sell my house
6: fast. Make this free call now. 800-478-6084. 800-478-6084. 800-478-6084. That's 800-478-6084.
5: This is an Animal Radio News Update.
2: I'm Lori Brooks. Pet owners in the UK are being asked if and why they include their cat or dog in their selfies that they post on social media. Is part of new research into our relationships with pets. Similar research continues here, though, in the United States. Dr. Lori Kogan of Colorado State University says a previous study done here in America on this subject suggested that 50% of pet parents had their pet as their feature photo on their devices. And that behavior, she says, (laughs) offers insight into the close bonds between people and their cats and dogs now the scientists are looking to see if this trend is also similar in the uk to help us better understand the pet people bond so there are actually u.s scientists helping on this study in the uk where by the way there is estimated to be more than nine million dogs and eight million cats that are pets That sounds like a lot, doesn't it? But here in the U.S., we have many, many, many more pets. An estimated 70 million dogs and 74 million pet cats.
1: Wow. Compared to... Run those numbers by me again. I'm sorry. I thought I missed them. That was the U.K.?
2: In the U.K.? Yes. How many Nine million dogs, eight million cats. That's all. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Okay. And 70 million dogs here, 74 million pet cats.
3: Yeah, well, I think the territory
2: is a lot bigger here, too. Absolutely.
1: Is it? Okay. By the way, uh, just a show of hands, how many of you have your pet's photo as your your main screen photo on your your phone?
2: Guilty. Guilty. Me too. Guilty. (laughs) Now, if you missed it, Florida voters approved Amendment 13 in the midterms this month. That is going to end greyhound racing in the state. Wow. It was... Huge news, but because the election itself was so huge and there were so many big races, it wasn't covered as much. The really big news is that now rescues are going to need your help because the amendment did not address what to do with the approximately 7000 soon to be retired greyhounds, which leaves local rescues to pick up the slack. In fact, rescues all across the country are gearing up for this. Groups are said to be mobilizing now in other states, and every state is helping. So if you're considering maybe in the future adding a new dog to your family, you might want to do some research on your own and consider a greyhound.
1: Yeah, that's great news, by the way, for Florida.
3: Yeah, and I just want to add, if you think that getting a greyhound means lots of exercise and running around, that's not true. They are one of the biggest couch potatoes. Yeah. They don't have to run. They don't need to run. They're happy just laying on the couch with Oh,
1: it. yeah. So adopt an older greyhound.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, they're, some of them are young. You know, they race them, I think, at two, three years
2: old. Wow. So, yeah.
1: Okay. That's good to know.
2: I have a friend who actually rescues. I have several friends who rescue greyhounds, but one is very, very active in it. And she was actually opposed to this measure, to this Amendment 13, because of how many greyhounds it was going to put out there. And she's been to the track and rescued them right off the tracks. And she swears that they are very happy and well-adjusted, but because they didn't put anything in the amendment to help people you know retire their dogs appropriately that it was just going to flood the market and that might be even sadder yeah Yeah, but once it's over
3: it's over i think these animals have lived in cages i think they push them too much i think they start them too young with their bones i think they don't i personally don't think they have a great lifestyle
1: too bad they don't didn't have an amendment for that but still great legislation
2: i'm laurie brooks get more breaking animal news anytime here and here all sides at animalradio.com
11: this has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
1: You know, it's really easy to talk to the dog father, Joey Villani. You don't even need to kiss his ring. He will uh Nope. nope. You used to. Back when we started, you had to kiss his ring.
12: Yeah, you know, things change. Can I tell you? <laughs> so I guess um, skunks um are, are out in full force, um, right now. Is it course. skunk season? I I guess it is. I mean I don't really know if there is a skunk season or not, but I do know is when we have a lot of dogs that come in that are being sprayed and you know, they instead of calling me right away, they try to do their own home remedies and you know, the first um the old wives tale is the tomato juice, which you know the um, acids from the tomato will. I don't know. I don't think it does anything. That doesn't work, though. They does say it? it doesn't. It, it, it makes listen. It makes a mess. Okay, especially if you got a big dog that doesn't want um, to be get a tomato juice bath. You know, and you can't control it, and then it runs through the house um, with covered in tomato juice. It's 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 horrible. Not only do you, you do your house smell like skunk, but you're cleaning up stained, um stains from tomato. Whoever tomato started juice, that horrible but, rumor. I, you know, I, th- I think it was somebody who was mad at somebody and said, here, try this, and, and they got even with them. <laughs> but um, I'll tell you what. I always have different remedies, and, 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 and we search to find um, the best one. This is a new one, and um, it works absolutely fabulous. Um, number one, I want to just say something that when a skunk sprays, it's mainly scented oil. So what ends up happening is if when, when you go right, to just putting water on on the pet to try to rinse it off, it sets in the um the oils and and the scent will, will stay actually a lot longer. Oh, it makes it worse. But, um, it really does. It really does. So what you want to do is you want to break that down first. So what I found over the past um you know few months actually what works even better is is if you're doing it at home. Well, obviously you are because otherwise you'd be coming to me. So this is a home remedy. Fill your tub up um with tempered water. You know water that's. That's comfortable for you to, to take a nice warm bath where you'd be comfortable in. And then you want to add about a half a cup of your favorite pet shampoo. So you want to mix that in there. That's important to say. Put the dog in there and have them sit down. Um, and then what you're going to do is you're going to bathe or, or, or sponge this or or, or or cup it or, or over the pet, whatever, however you want to call it. And get the pet wet with the soapy water. In the meantime, what you want to have made is you want to take a half a quart of hydrogen peroxide, an eighth cup of baking soda, and a teaspoon of dishwashing soap, any favorite dishwashing soap that you use, like Dawn Dish Detergent or something like that. Mix it all together. On the wet dog, apply this throughout the dog um, all over and, you know, just don't get it in the eyes and work it in really good. It's going to get real sudsy. um, And um, let the solution sit on for about five minutes and rinse it off. Smelly areas that you've missed, just repeat the process all over again. You can even just do those, those certain areas. And I can tell you what, you're going to get most of that smell away. I've never seen anything to take it away 100%, but you'll reduce it up to 75 to 90%, which makes it tolerable. The big problem is sometimes, is you know, pets, dogs, when they're going for a skunk, They usually go face first, so they get Uh shot right in the mouth. Uh Unfortunately, there's not too much you could do at that point. Do not use the solution in their mouth. It will go away after a couple of days, but a lot of times it is their mouth. So if your dog is, you know, lets you smell their face without getting bit, you know, sometimes check that because people say, well, my dog still smells. Well, it's the breath is what you're smelling.
1: Oh, okay. So stay away from the tomato juice. Oh, God, yeah.
2: What is, there, what is the recipe again? How much baking soda, shampoo, and everything?
12: It is a quart of hydrogen peroxide, an eighth cup okay. of baking soda, and one teaspoon of dishwashing soap. But the key is, is that you have soapy water in your tub first because that's going to help break down the oils if you just put... Um, if you just start with fresh water with no soap in it, it's gonna set that scent in and it's gonna be real hard to get out.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I hear Roro is not very happy about this.
2: Do people bring skunked dogs into your grooming salon? Because oh, yes. I know it's happened it's happened before to me and and the whole house will reek. Everything will reek for, for it's, weeks.
12: It's probably when it's fresh done, it's probably one of the most horrible Putrid, strong odors that you'll ever. People who've never, know yeah, I know people say, "Oh, I like that smell when you're driving by," you know, and I don't know why they would say that, but some yeah. people do. I don't think they've ever experienced it firsthand in your house. Dog running and foaming, it's horrible. It's a terrible smell, but yeah, we get it all the time. The problem is, is we usually get the aftermath because most um, skunks are nocturnal, so usually the pet gets sprayed when we're closed, right. and and they try to deal with it at home. And they just make it worse.
1: Uh, There you go. We're going to put the ingredients to Joey's magic recipe over at our website at animalradio.pet.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
11: Now, an Animal Radio News Brief. I'm Stacey Cohen for Animal Radio. An American Airlines flight attendant from New York taking legal action to clear her name after being accused of, ready for this one, hiding rats in her underwear and then sneaking them onto the plane. The New York Post says that Luann Gambitista has filed a lawsuit seeking unspecified damages, claiming the accusations have left her with debilitating anxiety and created other issues that made it nearly impossible for her to show up for work. Her problems began last year when one of her co-workers allegedly noticed an unusual bulge in her pocket. Hmm. American Airlines says they will respond to the claims in court. Is that a rat in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? I know that was too easy, right? Well, who the heck is going to stuff a rat in their pocket? That's insane. I'm Stacey Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an
8: Animal Radio News Brief. Get more at animalradio.pet. Hey,
7: everybody, this is Brett Michaels, and I just want to say, you, right
4: now, want to take... Wait, give me the line again. My brain skipped.
1: Uh, Brett Michaels... I just and, had one of my brain hemorrhage brain farts. Oh, go don't ahead, do that. Don't do that. I don't want to be responsible for that. Trust me, it's me. Go okay. ahead. Animal Radio. Brett Michaels and Animal Radio. You've got it. I knew the Animal Radio.
4: Like, okay, here we go. Hey, this is Brett Michaels... You're listening to Animal Radio, and take care of your pets. They will rock your world.
7: How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is, satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive
6: cable bill. 800-696-2871 800-696-2871 800-696-2871 That's 800-696-2871. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now
0: with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: Is Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets, our flamingos, our kitties, our puppies, our alligators. (laughs) Some people have alligators as pets. Who am I to judge, right? Hey, if they're your friend and you like them in your house, they might be. And they're legal. And they're legal. Oh, yeah. I don't know if alligators are legal. Maybe in some states they're legal to have as a pet.
5: I don't know that they would be a legal pet. You'd have to have a wildlife permit Permit? or something like that. Yeah, really? Hmm, Okay. I would imagine. I mean, you can't go walking your alligator down the road.
1: (laughs) You could, but you you might get in trouble doing that. Well, good afternoon, Heather. How are you?
5: I'm doing well.
1: So what's going on? How can we help you? I have the whole team here for you.
13: Oh, terrific. We need a whole team. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So it's a household with my daughter and I, which... um, And I have had two chihuahuas. One is four and one's three. It's mama and baby. I mean, literally. And then we have several cats. And the cats aren't the issue. We brought in a new rescue border terrier puppy in June. And he got along great with the chihuahuas until he got bigger than them. And then now they're, you know, and they played and they cleaned each other and did their ears and all that stuff. And it was... Great fun, but all of a sudden he got more—I don't say aggressive, but assertive—in his play style. Okay. So they now um, turn the other way and leave the room when they see him coming in. Okay. And we tried to, you know—we give him treats and we give him all love and all that stuff. And we just need to know if it's a puppy stage or something we should do to kind of um, control his aggressiveness with the play style, which they do not appreciate.
5: Okay, now you see aggressiveness. So, and just need a little clarification. So, meaning he's rambunctious like his uh, he kind of bounds on them, leaps on them and it's something they don't appreciate or has it actually gotten to bites and growls and
13: no, something more like No, I would say like what you said the first the first part. Okay. Okay. It's just too rough a play for them. And they okay. are neutered females and he's a neutered male and he's probably going on 4 or 5 months now.
5: Okay. All right. Well, what, yeah. what, you got the, you got two different demographics going on. You've got the adolescent boy right now. Okay. We we'll put this in <laughs> kid know. terms. We got the That's adolescent boy and you've, <laughs> and you've got the 20 year old, uh, college age girls. So okay. do they want to hang out and play a lot together in the human world? Maybe some, but maybe their level of interaction yeah. together is going to be limited. And it isn't always realistic to expect those two different, um, communities, if you will, to, to get along okay. and to play and to interact in the same manner so you know yes the trick is to try to figure out some common ground and that might mean a couple things that might mean that we work on rewarding the patience of the gals and then we work on expending this boyish energy that he has and try to just yeah. ex- just kind of burn that down a little bit And then, then, then hopefully we can find some common ground, but I don't, I don't think the goal right now that you should be focused on is to try to get them to lay next to each other in the same room and say, oh, all is nice, nice. Cause that might just be a bit unrealistic (laughs) for his age and his (laughs) exuberance that he has and being of a border terrier. I mean, they are a go, 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 go. So, um, terriers are all about doing, sniffing, getting into things. And that just might be a bit more than, than the girls want to have happen. So, um, I do like like the idea of treats and rewards but i would treat and reward the girls when he's around so just the fact that he's around maybe Interacting in the same room—that's a great reason to give them a treat. I wouldn't just give them a treat for no good reason. I would make sure okay. we try to pair that physical presence of the other dog with um, something good comes to them, whether it's a special treat, some special love, um, you know, whatever it might be that your your dogs enjoy. But I really think the big thing is for this this young fella is to, to get him worn out, and that might mean finding some activity that is good for him to just kind of burn that energy down. Whether that's going to um a play group like a puppy kindergarten class um, a um, a doggy uh, uh doggy daycare pl- uh, i said play groups um taking him out for long extensive walks playing ball um, some little terriers excel at things like fly ball which is kind of a retrieving um game with uh with balls where they have to do a relay race and that could be a great thing as well so okay. something that, to give him some physical activity and stimulation so that when you do have them all together you can kind of expect hopefully the um, um, the interaction will be a little bit more on a subdued level for him.
13: Oh, exactly. And I think uh, I think we're both on the same track. So thank you very much for that. Um, he started um, daycare a couple of days a week just today. Awesome. And, Good. Um, yeah. So he's starting a dog anyway. So I think okay. So just kind of try to tire him out <laughs> in,
5: yeah exactly and you know in, in recognizing when his behavior starts to kind of amp up and if yeah. that means kind of interjecting yourself into the equation you see that he kind of gets that some puppies get kind of a crazy puppy where <laughs> yeah. they look like they're just gonna like
13: it's on the hunt kind of which is, it was just is natural you know it's like okay calm down you know so he just gets him to overwhelm like a little kid at bedtime you know he just gets you second like kind of wind Okay.
5: You got it. So I'm glad it's but all innocent and it's playful because that is totally workable. And I would see that these guys are going to, you know, be pals down the road. But, yeah, he's just kind of that annoying little brother right now. <laughs>
13: <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your personal call. I appreciate
5: it.
1: Thank you for listening, Heather. We appreciate it. Toll free from the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android.
9: Hi, this is Paul Rogers. And Cynthia Rogers. On Animal Radio. Just
8: know that it's going to be all right meow.
11: All of us here at Fido Friendly Magazine can't wait to get on the road again with our favorite Fido. We know that it's just not a vacation without our furry companions by our side. Start daydreaming now and visit FidoFriendly.com to scout out places near and far so you will be ready for your next adventure once it's safe to travel. That's FidoFriendly.com. Until then, stay safe and leave no dog behind.
0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Volani. and here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: Well, hey, how you doing? You doing good? Oh, good. I'm glad you're here joining us today. If you want to talk to the doctor, Dr. Debbie, or the groomer, Joey Volani, the dog father, don't forget you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. CBD, CBDs. See, we probably heard about. My head
2: is spinning. Yeah,
1: (laughs) you don't really have to go very far to hear a little bit about CBDs. It's what they're calling the new miraculous drug for uh, both humans and animals, and it's unfortunately it hasn't been tested. It's a component, I guess, and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, Doctor Debbie. It's a component of marijuana. It's a part of it. It's a part of it that it's not the high part. It's not the, the part that makes you high, but it has anti inflammatory properties. Am I to understand that correctly?
5: Yeah, so it's a what they call a, a phytocannabinoid. So it's an extraction from the plant, and it has an effect at different receptors um, in the body. And so, cannabidiol (CBD), um, they uh, find we do have receptors in the nervous system. So it may be used for things like seizures, for pain. Um, so that's kind of where this is coming from. And you know, there's a lot of uses in animals. We just don't really know doses, safety, what you're buying on. The- the shelf if it is what they're saying it is or even if it's the same in that an animal versus what they may be looking at a person so a lot we don't know
1: you know i get so many solicitations in my email every day about this and i don't know if it's because i'm in the business the 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 pet business or if everybody's just getting these kind of solicitations uh from uh, manufacturers of cbd oils and supplements
3: and treats everybody's doing a lot of treats now
1: So it's crazy because I don't know if uh, this is as legitimate as the Nigerian who wants to send me all of their uh, life (laughs) savings.
5: I'm going to say it's a little bit higher up in the trustworthy scale. Oh, it is. I I would say it's just it's kind of like, you know, you have a bag of, you know, 20 products. Um, Which one's the right one? Which one's going to be efficacious um, and which one's going to make your pet sick? And, And that's kind of where we don't really know where that all falls.
1: Okay, I know they're doing research on this. Not a lot yet, but they're starting to do research on this. And uh, Dr. Joe Wachschlag, he's going to be joining us today. He is a uh, professor. He teaches clinical nutrition and sports medicine and rehab. And uh, he'll tell us exactly what he knows about the research that's been done on CBDs and whether or not we should even give those a second thought yet. So that's on the way this hour right here on Animal Radio. Lori from the newsroom, what are you working on?
2: Well, I've been uh, doing some early holiday gifting or searching for gifts online. and i Really? I'm, uh, yeah, you know, always looking for stuff for my pet-loving friends. And I found something I think y'all are really going to like. And it's uh, pretty inexpensive, too, but it will solve a common problem.
1: Okay, I cannot wait. Of course, I'll start my shopping.
2: Christmas Eve. Uh, <laughs> that was a Christmas tradition with my dad when I was little, shopping on Christmas Eve. <laughs> really?
1: Uh, which one should we go to, Judy? They're all ringing red hot. Line two. Hot. Line two? Hey, Linda, how you doing?
8: Fine, how are you?
1: Good. Where Where are you today?
8: I'm in Long Beach.
1: Listening on, what station do you listen on?
8: Um, I'm not really sure. My husband doesn't. I'm legally blind. Oh. So he's the one that told me about it.
1: What's up with you? What's going on? What I have the Dr. Debbie right here.
8: The doctor. Oh, hi there. Okay. I have a rescue baby. His name is Clever. He's a mixed collie and uh cocker spaniel. And I guess like six months after I brought him home, he started to bite his paws. And he would, I mean, he would bite him until it looked like a machine chopping, okay. <laughs> you know, wood up. And then okay. it got to the point he started chewing his back end uh, on his thighs. And I've been taking him, he's four now, I've been taking him to the vet every year at least six times out of the year to get allergy shots. And I feel so bad for him. I hurt for him because I have eczema, and I know how I feel, and I can't do anything for him. And uh, when my husband heard your show, he told me about it. I said, well, we're going to do something. And I promised Clever I was going to help him.
5: All right. Well, very good. I like that empowerment that you got there. Now, let me ask you, uh, Linda, when he gets his steroid, I'm assuming that's a steroid shot he's getting, the allergy shot how does he respond afterwards does it help him
8: uh it used to i just had him get us he just had a shot um saturday friday and it didn't obviously it didn't work and i'm not really rich here okay. <laughs> so i i saved my money up just for him and okay. i've, I've spent over ten thousand dollars just in four years on my baby
5: Oh, my wow. goodness, yeah. So a lot kind of depends how we approach this on what is going on in his skin surface. If he's got hair loss, if he's got sores, if there's an odor, if there's other stuff going on. Yeah, or Sometimes if we're just, so when he
8: bites himself on the back end, he has this awful odor. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he scratches and he gets little clumps of hair out, even though he's shedding. Yeah. Uh, okay. But they're clumps, and he has had sores. He's even scratched okay. the top of his head where he had uh, had a sore, and they had to shave his hair all off. He's gorgeous, though. He's the most unusual Aww. color. He has corn silk spots all over his body, and he's white. Oh. All right, well I, mean... I just feel so bad for him. I feel bad for any animal that has to go through this because I have one of those combs, and I have to leave yeah. it on him. I can't take, you know, he's right here beside me now, and I have to m- threaten him with the comb.
5: Uh-oh. Okay. Well, here we go, Linda. I'm going to give you some tips here. We're going, to, we're going to give you some ideas of things that we can try. Now, many of these things, you're going to have to go through your veterinarian to get the appropriate help. Okay. Um, but, there, but there are some very common um, areas that we kind of miss sometimes when we assume a pet always has allergies and we try the, the steroid route or we try kind of you know just minimizing the itch, doing what we can to stop the itch. There can actually be a lot of other things going on. And uh, one of the big ones that I will do is I address fleas. Um, and even if you're on a great flea product, sometimes um, just a single bite of a pet who is allergic to the saliva fleas can really send them over the edge. So sometimes we have to add in some of the oral products to do a quick kill on the on the fleas, and use that in conjunction with your regular topical flea product. So okay, that would I, be one.
8: I, I use Confort. Is it Comfortis, The tablet. Okay. I give okay. that to him once a month.
5: Okay, so that is one of those oral ones. So that's a great thing. Now, with that, you should also be following that up with some other form of a flea control because that is only going to be killing those adult fleas, maybe lasting for the good month, but we want to use something else in conjunction with that. So amp up. Amp up your flea control there. Now, the other thing that I'll often do, and, you know, I like to do tests. I'm a veterinarian. We like to have proof for some of these things. But sometimes we don't always have maybe the finances to permit that. One simple thing you can ask your veterinarian to treat for are mange mites. They're microscopic mites that are very, very itchy. And they can actually occur in a pet that's been on chronic steroids. Um, It can happen on its own own right as well. So with that, there's a, a different type of approach for mange mites. But see your veterinarian about that and ask okay. them for treatment for that. Okay. Now, the next thing that really can complicate an itchy dog, whether it's allergies or we have something like fleas or we just have chronic skin disease, is going to be an infection. So we can get yeast and bacterial infections that kind of come around on the ride, if you will, with um, diseased skin. So a lot of times with all that scratching and all that itching, it creates an abnormal skin surface. So we really, the the dog can't defend itself against normal things. So bacteria and yeast, which are kind of normally on dog skin, they get an opportunity to take advantage and they find that happy home in that that abraded, irritated skin. So a lot of times when I'm treating a pet with allergies, I need to also treat those infections and, and, you know, well, again, a lot of times I like to check the skin to make sure we, we do or don't have those. But in some cases, if we're trying to streamline, I'll put a pet on a course of an anti-yeast medicine and an antibiotic at the same time just to kind of cover our bases, treat for what could be there, and see if that might help. Because I'll tell you, yeast infections in dog skin are very common, very uh-huh. common with pets with allergies, and they are intensely itchy, and they're also stinky. So um, we want to make sure we do treat that possibility as well. Hey. And then from there, if you're not doing some kind of home therapy with medicated shampoos, um, I've
8: bought all their medicated shampoos. I've even Uh bought Skin So Soft just to make sure that the police can't bite it. Okay.
5: Yeah. Yeah, and topical therapy can help. It by itself, it's not going to do the soul trick, but um it can be um, a nice relief, a little welcome in that itch cycle. It okay. lasts maybe for a day or a couple days at the most. So, um, a nice oatmeal bath would be something that I would certainly say his skin would welcome okay. uh, to do that twice a week. And okay. and and really, I think you know a lot of that's kind of going to your veterinarian and saying, hey, you know, I'd love to do everything you'd love me to do, but can we try some of these things and maybe alleviate some of the other symptoms that might be going on okay. and uh you know see if that that might kind of uh nip some of that scratch in the butt there for you
8: okay
5: that sounds really good i wish you lived near me oh <laughs> I, bring I, w- to you. <laughs> I wish i lived near the beach too where are you i actually i, I practice in las vegas oh um,
8: that's okay but- i have a son that lives there grandkids i can come there anytime and visit <laughs> there
5: that's you vulnerable. go well, give your baby a pat on the head there, Linda. Thank you so much for calling. Do
8: you guys have a website or um, email or Gmail?
1: Yeah, we have animalradio.com is our website. Okay. Uh, we're also on Facebook at Animal Radio. And if, you have, uh, if you're have, if you able to get an Android or iPhone app on your new tablet, you can download the Animal Radio app, and you can actually ask your questions right from that app. Listen
8: Wonderful. To- I'm learning. You go, girl. You go. Doing it all. Thank you. Take care. Have a wonderful, blessed day. You, you
0: too. too. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dogs or cats,
2: horse or email. A little terrier named Millie has been nicknamed Sparky after biting through an electrical cable and surviving a 240-volt shock. Sparky bit through a refrigerator cable and was thrown across the room, and the shock damaged the roof of her mouth, leaving her with severe burns and swollen lips. She was given a 50-50 chance of surviving, but after some antibiotics, having four blackened teeth removed, and some tender-loving care, Sparky pulled through. Experts suggest hiding all exposed electrical cords from pets, especially younger dogs and pet rabbits. I'm thinking Sparky's going to be sticking to rawhide from now on. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio.
6: If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless.
7: Pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork.
6: You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800 785 Eight five one six seven three. That's 800-785-1673. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at
0: AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. We will head back to the phones toll-free and from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. And you don't have to go very far to find CBD products. That's the new big thing now, and especially since it's, uh, marijuana has become legalized in, in many states throughout this last election. You'll be happy to know that some research has been started at Cornell. And joining us is Dr. Joe Wachschlag. Doctor, how are you doing today? Doing good. How are you? Very good. So what does CBD do? What, what do these products do and how do they help the pets?
14: Uh, We think that uh, CBD has some anti-inflammatory properties, and so through those properties, uh, hopefully we can get some pain relief to some degree.
1: So more than, uh, let's say, aspirin would or other anti-inflammatories?
14: It's about the same, I I guess. we, We really don't know exactly how it works, but we do think it has some capability to stop the inflammatory cascade.
1: What kind of research is now being done at Cornell?
14: Uh, nothing. It's actually considered illegal, so uh, no one's being uh, allowed to do much research except for a Colorado state at this juncture.
1: Okay, and what what have we found in the research so far?
14: Uh, the small study we did, we actually showed that uh, dogs appeared more comfortable. Their owners were very satisfied with the response, and that you know overall, our veterinary assessments showed some improved pain responses as well. Are there any side effects? None that we know of at this juncture. Um, We have seen some mild increase in liver enzymes. Uh, The one enzyme is called alkphosphatase. phosphatase phosphatase is a pretty nondescript enzyme that goes up with a lot of different uh, medications, potentially.
3: What is the price cost? Is it similar to other anti-inflammatories?
14: Yeah, that's the the real, uh, we'll say, uh, conundrum here is that you can pay, you know, basically between a dollar per dose to three or four dollars hypothetically and right now we think the dose is about two mgs per kilogram body weight based on our study Um, but i'm sure we'll find more out as colorado state finishes their studies
1: you know my mailbox fills up every day every single day with New companies that are now presenting uh, this uh, CBD product to pet parents, essentially. What is the difference? Are they regulated? Are some of these good? or some of these bad? What what do you know?
14: We really don't know which are good and which are bad. We have some of the evidence from the studies done at Cornell initially and then uh, over at Colorado State, uh, with the companies that are you know giving us the analyses of oil, we know what it is it's fairly consistent, but I think, as you said there's a there are a dime a dozen now out there on the internet market, and we have no idea um A, a fellow just looked at uh fourteen products uh, up at uh, Advion laboratories and came across with very insignificant amounts of c b d to, to you know, what we know can be in a product, which is what we found in, in the products we use, uh, which was Without Science's product.
1: Is it safe to say that the, the normal person might not notice if one of these things is working on their pet? I mean, the pet can't say, hey, I'm feeling much better. Is it better yeah. to go after the pet market because people can't really prove whether it's working or not?
14: Oh, I think there's en- enough evidence using various pain scores and various uh, activity indices that have been validated for owner use, and that's what we use in our study. That uh, we can, you know, dogs can jump on beds again. Sometimes dogs start playing with other dogs. Um, you know, is that a pain response? Are they just feeling better overall? Uh, you know, that's that's hard to really assess. But we've really kind of used what we'll call the validated scoring systems for "quote unquote" pain uh, and our activity, and have shown improvements. So that's about as good as we've got.
5: But so he's saying that's taken it from a level of just someone using this, buying it on the internet, and saying, "I think my dog's better on it." So we're we're trying to get away from that and have some kind of way to compare our patient one, two, or three down the road and say, you know, is this really something measurable we can uh, report back to you know pet owners, and rather than just say, "Oh yeah, try it, buy it online, it works." (laughs) Yeah.
14: Yeah, exactly.
1: For listeners that are saying, "I really want to try this," I have an animal that might be in some pain. Is it too early, really, to start using this stuff? Do we need more research?
14: Oh, yeah. Well, it, it, we certainly need more research, particularly since it has indications for potentially seizures, uh, anti-nausea, quality of life parameters, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we need to do the research, but unfortunately the DEA has folks running scared about using it. And so um, until the DEA actually comes around and says, not to, you know, uh, that we can start using it. Uh, There there are a whole bunch of logistical things that are going on now between CBD being classified as, as a Schedule 5 drug, which means anybody can use it anywhere, anytime. However, the DEA has put stipulations on where it can come from and whether the FDA has approved it. The farm bill is a whole different thing, which in essence supersedes anything that the DEA is talking about right now. And I think that we'll see this open up as the Farm Bill in 2018 gets passed, and then people are less scared of what the DEA may or may not say because of the national growth regulations that will be allowable. We need more research for sure, but I think it's going to be a couple of years before we see it.
1: Okay, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for visiting with us. Dr. Joe, Dr. Joe Walshlog, joining us, and I think that uh, he echoes pretty much what you've always said, Dr. Debbie, that it might be too yeah. early, and that we're just waiting for the research to find out what this stuff does.
5: Yeah, and to make sure there's no harm done, because you know there's certainly you know potentials for drug interactions that we just don't we can't warn people about. So,
3: okay, so I'm ignorant. What does CBD stand for?
5: Cannabidiol. There. So that's the extract instead of THC. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the psychotropic? Cannabidiol is um, more kind of used for the anti-inflammatory. Um, doesn't have the mood-altering kind of the you know psychedelic kind of properties. It, do-
1: it doesn't make you high, is what you're saying.
5: Exactly. Yeah.
1: You're
0: listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app
7: for iPhone and Android. And the best part is, satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive cable bill.
6: 800-696-2871 800-696-2871 800-696-2871 that's 800-696-2871.
7: This is an Animal Radio News Update.
2: I'm Lori Brooks. A new study has come out and started some conversation around how pets may be getting anxious and some even depressed when we spend too much time on our phones, actually, this study was mainly about the positive effects that pets have on people suffering from mental illness, but somehow the attention shifted to become about how when we spend time on our phones and devices instead of engaging with our pets that we're essentially ignoring them because they're right there in the room, which can make them feel lonely and isolated. Several animal professionals have even come out on this saying that this is a very real problem these days. One veterinary surgeon in the U.K. said to understand what's going on, you have to look at the basic principles of how a dog interacts physically and emotionally with a human because a dog is a social creature, a pack animal. And to the dog, you, meaning the pet parent, are the bona fide leader of their pack but if you're perpetually attached to your phone that vital bond kind of breaks down i i i do i notice myself doing this at times and, and i will think okay stop
1: you know what it's it's really easy to quit facebook i've done it i i have a i'm a man of little uh uh discipline should i say but i quit facebook and now my time is the present with my animals You know?
5: Yeah, well and I have to say I see a lot of people in my neighborhood walking their dog and they're on their face smoking at the same time. (laughs) Yes, and you know what? This is all about being present, you know, in the moment. You're walking your dog, enjoying the outdoors, put the darn phones down because you're gonna hurt yourself or your pet by not paying attention.
2: Here, here. Let's drink to that. One of my favorite all-time videos is the woman walking in the the shopping mall and you know looking at her phone and she stumbles into a water fountain yes i Um, love that
1: (laughs) that's one of the videos that you were watching when you were not present yes yes
2: (laughs) no it was actually on tv because it was so funny this was many years ago (laughs) but authorities in uh, kansas city missouri they discovered that they had uh, an unexpected occupant, several of them, in fact, when they went to evict a man from his grandmother's home. Now, it was his grandmother's home because his grandmother was in a nursing home. So inside the house, police found the man. They were looking to evict along with three snakes, a rabbit named Dinner. I don't like names like that. And also a 7-foot, 200-pound alligator. So animal control. Remember, this is Missouri, was called in, and they removed the gator. Uh, the grandson said that the gator was only 15 inches long four years ago, and it just grew bigger over time on the diet of chicken nuggets, steak, deer, and fish. And believe it or not, officers said this alligator was kind of like a dog who didn't really know he was an alligator. And uh, the grandson was interviewed later and added that the gator is actually afraid of the dark and thunderstorms. But for now... It's a pretty sad situation. The gator is being kept at a wildlife rescue center, which is home to several other illegal pet alligators that got too big for their owners.
1: Mm. You know what? And I think he feeds the alligator bagel bites from what I heard.
2: Bagel bites, too. Huh?
1: We're, we're trying to track him down. He's a hard guy to track down. We want to talk to him on the phone.
2: Yeah, but he got evicted. So, so it's, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's cell phone, you guys. Come on. Those things that we spend too much time on?
1: The stories and the reports about this change. Uh, it's a six-foot alligator. It's a seven-foot alligator. I think that some of the press and the media are kind of glamorizing this whole thing and trying to make it even more impressive. Because let me tell you, six foot, I wouldn't have thought anything. But seven feet, I want to see that story.
2: Wow, but uh, it, it's amazing, yeah, that it started fifteen inches and in four years. Yeah. Even if it's four feet slithering around your house, that's still pretty big.
1: What was his name? Here, gator, gator.
2: No, I, you know, catfish. I didn't see. I. Yeah, it was. Cat, it is catfish. 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 Is it, catfish. Catfish? Is it really? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, here in my house, I am the chief pet feeder, and one of my biggest gripes is, and I, I'm, you know, I want to hear what you guys have too. Is your big gripe about this? is that when feed bags have a really cheap ziplock on them, then it doesn't seal well. I hate that. And you spend – I do, too. You spend 10 minutes trying to get it to close, or, or worse yet, there's no seal to it at all. So I was kind of excited the other day when I, I found this huge, gigantic clip that, that seals with a lot of pressure and it's for pet food bags, and it's not going to keep a bag fresh for, you know, like a year, I guess, when it's in a sealed container, but it will at least keep a stray cat on the counter from digging into it, and will hold it for like a week. It's this huge chip clip kind of thing that reseals large bags of pet food and has a carry handle on it, which I like, because, you know, lugging those bags is not always easy, but I just thought I would share this because I search for these things around the holidays for all of my pet-loving friends. This is not a commercial for this, but um, if you get upset, too, because you're the pet food person in your house, then it might be something you want to check out. It's called the Handy Camel Clip, and I thought it would be good for a stocking stuffer. It's uh, only 21 Hinted. bucks for two of them. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you get two of them that i mean that's a pretty good deal you know
1: when we get to be our age bag clips are a pretty big deal okay so if you're a millennial <laughs> listening now going what what well, they're talking about bag clips they're making a whole thing about it's a big deal at our age
2: in the ziplocs the kind of stella and chewies that that pull open in from the middle and you just pull it out though that's a pretty good one too Okay, I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news and uh, Ziploc advice here on AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio news
7: update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download
1: the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Welcome to Animal Radio, and uh, no stranger to Animal Radio is... Leanne Loricella from Goats of Anarchy. Hi, Leanne. How are you doing? Welcome back to the show.
15: Thanks so much for having me. How are you?
1: Very good. So for those that are new to Animal Radio, and that's you know that's possible that this is their first weekend listening, or your first year listening, or your first decade listening, you may not have heard Leanne before. Leanne uh, quit her job in what New York City. What did you new do? York o- city. What did you do there?
15: I was an event planner in the city. Um, you know, a corporate event planner. So. Going into work every day wearing the high heels and the makeup, dressing up and designer handbags, all of that. Um, so things definitely changed
1: for me. That's for sure. Yeah. So it changed pretty radically. You uh, yeah. gave, gave that stuff up, got rid of the Mercedes and got a pickup truck, and I did. and you it was started. A great trade. It was a great trade. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Especially for insurance. So yeah. I, I got to think that first of all, you must have felt like you really hated your day job that you wanted to do this, but you. You felt that you wanted to have a sanctuary for goats?
15: Well, I actually didn't really hate my day job. I, I was, you know, I was good at it, but I just was feeling very unfulfilled. I just felt like I'm going to work every day. Um, what, what am I doing? I'm working for someone else. I'm making somebody else money. And uh, what is this? What is, where is this getting me? Um, so, yeah, I got goats and pets. And um uh, then were Jackson Opie, and the time that I started to spend outside with them, the more I did not want to go back into work and sit in an office all day and I felt loving mucking their stall, feeding i just I loved every minute of being outside and and a couple of months later, I got three more goats and so i had I had five and a little herd, and then I just I really got hooked, and I just decided. I want to do something with animals. I don't know exactly what it is or, or where that's going to take me, but I decided to just to kind of take a leave of faith and um, quit my job, which was very, very scary, and see where it took me.
1: Is there a Mr. Lorisella?
15: Yes. So I lived in the city when I was working, and I got married moved out to New Jersey and then started commuting. And so um, he was in agreement, you know, at the time that it would be okay to kind of – um, have a little animal adventure. And, and, um, on my first day of unemployment, you know, I was really nervous. It was a Monday, you know, what do I do? This is, I've never not had a job before. And then Instagram featured one of my photos on their homepage. And I got like 30 or 40,000 followers that day. And so I took that as a sign I was on the right track.
8: Yeah,
1: well the, the picture was of Polly if I'm not mistaken and you put Polly, uh one of the goats in a duck costume. Yes.
15: yes. Um Polly was a famous little famous little goat. Um she's blind and she would wear a duck costume and I kept her very calm and um eased her anxiety somehow and that went viral and that got us a lot of attention also.
1: Yeah, and that eventually led to um Uh, what's her name, Rachel Ray and BuzzFeed and
15: uh,
1: a a book, and uh, it really has helped you not only promote what you're doing, but I'm sure has helped fund what you're doing.
15: Yes, we actually have um, six books now, and four of them are children's books, and um, you know, one of them is a book I just wrote called Peace Love, Goats of Anarchy, and we've got calendars and all kinds of stuff, and that does help fund what we do. We're a special needs goat rescue, so we, you know, specialize in goats that have lost limbs, a lot of them due to frostbite, um, a lot of injuries, amputees, some of them are birth defects, and we get them wheelchairs, little carts to get around in. We work with bionic pets and we fabricate um, prosthetic limbs for them. So we have almost 30 goats who are in some sort of prosthetic or wheelchair cart, so we call those our robo-goats. But
1: all together now, we have about eighty-five goats. We are uh, with Leanne Loricella. Now, do you like to be? What do you like to be called? The goats of anarchy, lady? Uh, what? what?
15: <laughs> Everyone around here calls me
1: Goat Mama. Goat Mama. Okay, yeah. I like that.
15: We,
12: <laughs>
1: we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with Goat Mama right after this. Stick around.
6: that's 800-478-6084.
15: Hello, this is Jane Goodall on Animal Radio, and I'd just like everybody to realize that each day you live, you make some difference on the planet, and you can choose what kind of difference you're going to make. And hopefully every day you'll try to make the world a little bit better for people, for animals, and for the environment.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or
1: download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It is Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our goats. We are with uh, Leanne Loricella. She is goat mama. She's no stranger to animal radio. We had her on back when she uh, dressed up Polly in a duck costume, one of her goats, and it It went viral. She has a book out. It's called Peace, Love, Goats of Anarchy. And you talk a little bit about how much the goats can teach you. What have you learned?
15: Well, I've learned a lot of things. um, But these little guys really are just so inspiring. They, you know, I've had a lot of, very sad, sad, heartbreaking times and a lot of, um, really happy and proud moments watching them overcome obstacles. And you know, the thing about these little goats is they just, they never give up. They are the strongest little animals I've ever seen and they don't know. Um, a lot of them are born different. A lot of them, you know, are handicapped that I have. They have special needs and they, they, They just go with it, and they still live life to the fullest, and I just think, you know, the way that they look at life, um, it can teach a lot of us to do the same.
3: Sure.
1: If I could only be as good as my goat. (laughs)
15: Yes. (laughs) I need a shirt. Uh, That's going to be my next (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt.
1: Well, you've got the whole merchandising thing going on. I mean, obviously, that uh, has been very uh, key and influential.
3: Wow. So, how did you learn about goats? Did you take some kind of crash test, (laughs) one-on-one, to learn?
15: (laughs) Learn by doing. I did not. I got two goats and then three more. And then the Instagram thing happened. And then someone who was following me, um, you know, messaged me about two little twins with birth defects. And I said, why not? So they were my first special needs, and then someone saw that I did a special needs, you know, goat, and they ended up, you know, having great success, and they asked me if I would take another one, and she had frostbite, and it just kept happening. I had never had any intention of doing special needs. Um, I never intended on being a rescue, but I just kept taking goats, and after a while, I thought, oh, maybe I should, you know, actually just go go for it and do this, and it all happened very naturally, very organically, and um, I just learned along
1: the way. Well, you know, you're very lucky because there are hundreds, if not thousands, I'm sure there are thousands of people who have given up their job to rescue animals. Uh, most of them don't have the Buzzfeed, the Instagram, the books to help them. It's a tough time for them. You were very blessed, and I'm sure you know that. What?
15: Yep. I mean, and I, I am. I have a little bit of marketing background, and you know. I, I kind of knew a little bit about how to, to build, you know, social media following, and and that's very important, obviously, for support. So, um, well, you know, and I, I love to take pictures, and and that's um, that's part of it too.
1: So, is that what you would recommend to people that are rescuing animals across the country as they get uh, very involved in their social media and uh, so,
13: lots of
15: photos? Yeah, the social media following is everything. Those are the people who you engage with, who fall in love with your animals who want to see them succeed and who want to see you succeed and who support your mission. So, um, yeah, that is that is everything. So this is your sixth book? Yep, we had we started off with a photo book and that was the first thing that we did and that kind of just told little stories about each of our goats at the time. I think, uh, I don't know, we probably only had 15 or 20. And then we have a children's book series with four kids' books and it just tells, you know, cute little stories. One of them was Polly in her duck costume. And some little life lessons for kids. And then we've got Peace Love Goats of Anarchy, which is more about um, how I got started and, you know, built Goats of Anarchy and told some of the the stories about, um, you know, some of the favorite goats and things that I learned from them along the way.
1: I'm going to put links to the book over at the website at animalradio.pet, Peace, Love, Goats, and Anarchy. And I believe we have a few copies to give away. Is that Yes, correct?
15: we do. We
3: have 10 copies to give away. Toll-free oh, awesome. At-
1: yeah, 1-866-405-8405, Goat Lovers, or just good story lovers. Uh, you know what? You've actually, I was never kind of attached to goats until I read your first book or, or, or viewed your first picture book. I just started to love goats then. You've made a lot of people love goats.
15: Goats are amazing, and we do have visitors out to the farm every Saturday. Um we're not open to the public, but we do allow people to come and volunteer every Saturday. They can sign up with our volunteer coordinator and we want people to come out and be able to meet the goats and actually you know get to experience you know how they are. and one of the things that people always say every time is, "I can't believe that they're they're just like dogs. They have individual personalities, they want affection, they want attention, they want to be hugged and loved. And um, and so I think, it's, I think it's important. Everyone should go go meet a goat.
1: Go meet a goat. Leanne, thank you so much for sharing the goats with us today and spending time with us.
15: Thanks so much for having me. Go check out com and get to know some of our, our favorite little guys.
1: We'll put links to everything that Leanne's been talking about and everything you've heard on the show today over at AnimalRadio.pet.
2: It is amazing how how that video of Polly, the goat, dressed up in the duck costume that made her feel secure, that how that just lingered. I will never forget that. So I was so glad you brought that up.
1: Time for us to get on out of here. Remember, if you have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, check out Dr. Debbie's books, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. They are Kindle books, and of course, we have links over at AnimalRadio.pet to everything you've heard on today's show. Have yourself a great week.
3: Bye. Bye. Does that sound anything like a goat? It's a sheep, I think. Uh, Well, they sound alike, don't they?
1: Say goodnight, Gracie.
2: Oh, me. Yes. I got to go, you guys, because I'm going to try and talk Roro into maybe helping me with a greyhound rescue.
1: Oh, I like that idea.
7: Animal Market Radio Network.
4: Network.